Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOSB, you'll be all set for when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams and all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOSB. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio on one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. You're a holiday powerhouse. You host the dinners, shovel neighbors, sidewalks, and make everything from scratch. You definitely don't need help making the holidays happen. But Dunkin's Holiday Blend Coffee? A warming medium roast complete with sweet notes of dried fruit and molasses. Or a cranberry orange muffin made with real cranberries just might convince you a little help never hurt. Especially the hot caffeinated kind. America runs on Duncan. Present participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. Check this old fly shit out. Word up. Cash take you on the natural joint. Cream, get the here money. We, here we go. Dollar, check dollar this bill, shit. Yeah. I grew up on the crime side, the New York Times side. Staying alive was no job. Had second hands. Moms bounced on old men. So then we moved to Shallon Land. A young dude, you're rocking the go tooth. Low goose, only way I begin to G Hello. Braden Harrington here with Wei Ting from PostWrestling.com. Wei, how are you? I'm very well. I'm very well. Uh, 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 pleasure to get called up again, finally. The main waiting. roster call-up. I've been waiting for a long time. It's been a while since I've been on, on this show again, but I, I've been waiting. I've been working really hard. I've been training. I've been going to promo classes with Sean, and uh, <laughs> he's finally said, hey, you got a chance. We're uh, we're in dire need. Our ratings aren't very good. It's time to get called up. It's WrestleMania season, so there's no better time to call up people. Oh yeah, than now, right? Uh, oh come on, forget my old storylines. I'm a babyface again. Yeah, it doesn't teaming matter. Up with my old partner doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Nothing you anything you thought mattered doesn't. Uh, Davey Portman, my roommate, my co-host of Up Next every Thursday, is away. He is visiting his mom. And his dad across the pond. Uh, so I, I figured, why not stay within the family tree and go to waiting post wrestling? Um, you guys, uh, off the bat, you and John are the workhorse of wrestling podcasts. You guys are the the goats, if you will. We're the horses and the goats. You're well. You guys are. You guys are really the greatest. Of all time, um, I I look up to you two. You're crazy. I look up to you two, and you guys have been very nice to me. Um, and you guys are like killing it. And we've had well, a thanks, lot. Of, man. We've had a lot of fun over the the year. I, I've been with you guys for just almost almost a year now. With post, you've been with, you've been with us way longer though. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. I was with you guys and. Um, doing the the what's next and now it's the up next um and it's been it's almost been a year i guess wrestlemania would be like the main focus of, of the one year event and i'm going with 
with Davey and and you guys have a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, we'll all be there. And this time you won't be driving with us. So I'm sure you'll get there. Are you driving away? Are you driving? No, 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 no. We're actually not driving either. Are you taking a flight? We're taking a flight as well, okay. but I mean, uh, maybe there's, there's like, you know, maybe, I don't know. I, I, I'm hoping you, everything goes fine. You're going to, you're going to tell the, the pilot to take off, uh, tolls <laughs> to get to Yeah. The yeah. That's I'm not sure how that'll work. Um, well, we, I don't think we've done a show on post wrestling, just me and you. That's true, actually. Yeah, because I don't I, – I'm, I'm trying to think because the last time I was on the show, I did it with Davey when you were away. Right. So that means you and I wouldn't have had we, – we wouldn't have had – we wouldn't have done a show together since the CW scene. Wow. CW scene, the, the Cruiserweight Classic show we did. Yeah. We reviewed that. Wow. Look at all the guys in that that are everywhere it's, now. They, it's, it's, a, it's a – I guess uh, Kota Ibushi, Zack Sabre Jr., Huge stars. And I guess uh, <laughs> Grand Metalik and uh, TJP. That's right. In the finals. That's right, right, right. Um, I'm trying to remember. Oh, Fa- Fabian Eichner, actually. Uh, yeah. One of my standout guys there, Wait, Don't don't, don't knock him. Um, oh, also, we... <laughs> oh, oh, man. He's gone, though. Maybe he'll show up in All Elite Wrestling. Ho-Ho-Loon is killing it in the, in the Hong Kong. He, and, he is, China's isn't he? Yeah, I had, I had someone tag me on Twitter being like, yo, is this who Ho-Ho-Loon, the same one? Like, he's like he's he's like the Triple H of that whole region. Wow, oh, oh, Triple Ho Ho Loon, <laughs> HHL. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, we we've we've not done a show, and, and we used to we used to rap as well, right? We have a long no, histori- we did not. Yeah, yeah, we have a long historic. Uh, oh rap God, uh, we did the song "We the Law." We're still waiting on the release of our sequel. It's still uh, in post production. Uh, <laughs> That's we, pretty good. We the Post. Yeah, there's some things I don't talk about a whole lot that I've done <laughs> as part of the uh, uh, podcasting. Yeah, but, there's, uh, thank yeah didn't, you. You, didn't you review China once? What? <laughs> didn't you review like a China movie? Oh, yeah, we, we did do that. Yeah. yeah. I don't, we don't need to talk about that. Yeah, either. yeah. There's a lot of things you shouldn't talk about. Um, yeah. There is something I do want to talk to you about, um, and it's uh, Lego. Oh, hell yeah. Is that what we're going to talk about on this show? Yeah. Uh, yesterday, a friend of mine was like, hey, the auto show is here in Toronto. You should come to the auto show with me, even though you don't drive and don't care about cars because you're a millennial. But come and hang out with me and look at cars. I was like, sure. So my mom is like, hey, well, how, how's it going? I'm like, hey, I'm at the auto show. And she's like, hey, look out for the Lego Bugatti. Have you mm. heard of this? Of course I have. Of course you have. Yes. I mean, I don't know how many people know this about me, but I'm like an expert. Like, I, I mean, I, I know, I guess, a lot about pro wrestling. I know even more about the interlocking brick from Denmark. Oh okay. So I, I know, I know this thing, this Bugatti Chiron that was made out of a, 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 a billion Technic pieces they, that they were using. Yes. To tell me promote, about it. to, to pr- promote this Lego Technic Bugatti that they're actually, that they've been selling. It's a marvelous set. It's been designed with a lot of the creators in mind, um, with with the help. Um, I haven't seen this thing in person. It looks really interesting. Um, yeah, it looks, it's great. I saw it yesterday. Yeah, it's, so, so it's very weird. Um, so but my mom is actually. This is funny. My mom. The reason she brought this up is she, my mom is an insurance broker. My mom has been insuring this Lego Bugatti for the past like three months. 
You're kidding. Yeah, wow. they've had it in a storage locker in Toronto waiting for the, the auto show. So she's she she basically is like, yeah, I didn't tell you about it before, but like, look at this. She showed me pictures. But I saw it yesterday. Basically, it's a Bugatti that is it's it has basic Bugatti parts, but then they build Lego like around it and on top of it and inside where they could. So it's like okay. it's not fully Lego, obviously, which is I'm cool with. It actually drives, I think like twenty K. Yeah, yeah. It it goes very slow. But it So can, there's like an engine in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a real car. Like you can actually drive this thing. If you tried to steal it from the auto show, it wouldn't go very fast though. But Yeah, uh, I don't it know. It looks how... crazy. It's a Bugatti made out of Lego. If you tried to steal it, I don't know how far you'd get. You know, be on the lookout. For, for a Lego Bugatti. Uh, Lego Bugatti. And if you got into an accident, it would look like just ex- it would look like the Lego movie where it just explodes. You, you wouldn't be able to step anywhere. Now near I, the scene. I thought that was the biggest Lego story to to be happening today. On, Is there uh, more? There, there's a just I just I saw this story and I thought of you instantly because I was going to ask you about the Lego Bugatti, but I'm going to read you a headline from a uh, a British newspaper here. Way that I'm I just, already love. This is already way better than all the shows I do with John. <laughs> okay, re- I'm going to read you this headline. Way I, I swear to God, I just read this this morning before talking to you right now. Lego washes up on UK beach 20 years ago after 5 million pieces spill from cargo ship. I've heard about this. Okay. The, to- yeah. the, the Tokyo Express ship was heading from Rotterdam to New York in February 1997 when it was hit by a freak wave and uh, the, ship, the ship went under, losing 5 million Lego pieces. And now... Like British people are just at some beach and it keeps floating up onto the shore. And I'm looking at pictures and there's just random Lego pieces that show up on a beach. That sounds like you need to live on that beach way. Oh, I'm not that desperate for, for these pieces. I'm looking at these pieces. None of them look all, look all that unique. I they're just like the, they're up. from 1997. So oh, I can pick these up on Bricklink. You know, Bricklink? Probably. What is Bricklink? Bricklink is like a place where um, – you know, like the way Lego is sold, it's like you either buy it in sets and like the, the market is so like deep and complex that there are people that used to buy multiple sets just so that they can collect this one piece that happens to be featured yeah, in this okay. set. Okay, I've heard of this. So but instead of that, like Bricklink is a thing where I guess somebody a community out there created this like website. That basically allows everybody to list every piece and part that they have with their inventory number. And you just go on that website and you go to people's – it's basically eBay but with individual pieces. So if I'm looking to build like you know, like a a giant John Cena out of Lego and I wanted this blue, aqua blue so that I could make this blue shirt. No, you just need clear pieces. Oh, that's it. Yes, I wanted a bunch of clear pieces. I'm not going to go out there and try to buy a bunch of sets with clear pieces. I'm just going to go to this guy's own personal store, order a million of these uh, blue or clear pieces, and then they they get shipped to me from that person directly. So that's what Bricklink is. Um, I can't believe I'm talking about that. The future of Lego. I I couldn't believe it. I used to be obsessed with it when I was a kid. Um, I'm looking literally right now on uh, one of my shelves is a – Mystery Machine Lego thing you got me. Uh, I, used, right. I used to have all the, the Star Wars ones, but I get, when I moved up, when I like, when I was finally like, you know, I don't know, 17, 
which is still probably too old, I had so many Star Wars Lego sets and I gave them all to my cousin who was like 11 years old. And then yeah. fast, fast forward like two years later, he went and sold it all and he made the money from it. I was like, God damn it. Damn. So, yeah, come on. I, I, you may, you can make a lot of money from bulk Lego. It's like some people yeah. invest in that instead of like other, other things. But I, I, I mean, I had a, a, a you know, like anybody, it, it actually was not in like my obsession with wrestling. Whereas a, as a child, you know, I, I, I was really into this one thing, but then you just kind of grow out of it. Sure. You have your dark ages, as everybody calls them. And then I guess at some point I just kind of got back into it, maybe with the release of the last movie. So anyway, the yeah, Lego so movie two, the first one, actually. OK, so I was really late because I, I love Lego, but I was like, OK, I'm not going to a theater for two hours and sitting through a movie about Lego. Like, I just couldn't do it. I and said then, the same thing. And then and then finally someone made me watch it on Netflix and it was really funny. It was so funny. It's like Chris Pratt is the voice, right? And like yeah. there's all voices. And it was like laugh out loud, laugh out loud moments. And I was like, okay, okay, I'll I'll take the benefit of the doubt. That was very that was very well done. And then I heard there's like a Lego movie too. There's a Lego Batman movie. What's going on? Well, I mean, people are trying to make money. I guess. I guess that's what's going did you ever, on. Did you ever make Lego movies yourself? Like the stop animation. Uh, um, no, I did not do that. I did not do that. Uh, you know what I'm uh, talking about, though. I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah stop motion. pretty cool, yeah. No, I tried I to watch. I had, yeah, that's that's exactly it. I got this one when I was really young. I got this whole, like, monster. Maybe you'll know what I'm talking about. It was, like, this, like, monster set, a haunted house. And it came with, like, Frankenstein and Frankenstein's yeah, mon- monster. Mon- monster fighters. Yeah. And it had, like, Dracula. It was, like, a scary haunted house. And I was, like, cool, I'm going to make, like, the You got the the big haunted house? Yeah, it was some big one, like some giant one. And was it was it set nine four six eight? Oh my god, set <laughs> four nine six eight. I don't fucking know. No, anyway, um, no, but that that or was it uh, set one o two two? I really hope you have something in front of you, or or like you're just really guessing. I don't know if oh. you actually know if it's a set. I'm I want to Google it, but I don't want to search I'm, it. I don't want I'm you to Google. be right. <laughs> Non googling, no. But like the thing about that movie was like, I mean, yeah, it's it's really funny, and and but it's like it's full of heart. Yeah, it was. Like, like I mean, all kids movies are, but this was like this. I thought was so incredibly inventive. The twist at the end for people who haven't seen it, I won't spoil it. But no the twist at the end was awesome. And everything um, what, is awesome. Everything was awesome. And what like it was like a, a it, it's a critique on. Like a, a a a movie about like a a brand of toys that's essentially a commercial. You would expect to like have no messages like that, but instead it was like a critique on like, um, I guess you know people like society and and people maybe you know being so blinded. It was essentially the Matrix, was what it was. It did feel film. like the Matrix. Yeah, but like, so is there Lego Matrix? No. What's no. going on with Lego wrestling? What do you mean? Why isn't there like? Real WWE Lego, not these like yeah. WWE Mega Block ripoffs. And I know I, I've talked to you in private about Mega Blocks. Um, oh yeah, we don't talk about Mega Blocks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah man. Uh, I don't know. I guess it's just maybe not as popular of a worldwide brand as you know. Maybe someday they'll do it. But I, I I'm not gonna also... lie. I always made. I took the the rope, the the Spider Man webs from the Spider Man yeah. set, and I made wrestling ropes with them. Right, and I made a wrestling ring, and then I would make the wrestlers, 
And then I would make my own. I made ladders. I made tables that would break and be put back together. I made commentator cool. tables. I made every, I made a whole, I, I don't even know if I have pictures of this. When I was a kid, I was very creative with my Lego. And I would make a whole like Monday Night Raw set, essentially. It's, it's a toy that encourages creativity. If you don't have, you know, wrestling Lego, you make your own. We all used exactly. to do that yeah. before. Yeah. But like, I guess like they've tried sports themes before. Like they tried uh, sure. basketball. They tried hockey. And I, I guess those ones weren't all that successful. And, you know, let's also remember, like, this is a company that caters to the entire world. So they're like, it's the world's most popular toy brand. So we were talking like, you know, European countries, we're talking Chinese countries, anywhere in the world, India. And I guess wrestling might not necessarily be at that level where everybody might want a John Cena, you know, thing. But no, maybe they'll get there. Yeah. Well, I, I still love Lego and I know. You have you bought any sets lately? Um, yeah, yeah, I got the I got the Hulkbuster actually from uh, Infinity War. Oh, is that the Iron Man thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, did you build it? Yes, I did. Yeah. Is it is it on a shelf on a mantle somewhere? It's on a shelf, um, behind me. And and, I'm not sure what how much more I could say. Okay. All right. Um, (laughs) I can't believe we talked uh, maybe more than ten minutes about Lego. I know. If there's any Mega Block fans, they're they're really mad. Um, well, other than that, how have you been, sir? I know uh, we don't we don't like see. I know we're like neighbors now, kind we're of. Co- we live close to each other. Yeah, we're all in the neighborhood. Yeah. Um, how are you liking it? How are you liking I love the six it. downtown? Oh, I love the six. Yeah, I love the six. I've been away for a couple of years back in Scarborough, um, yeah. but um, I like Scarborough as well. But I, I'm, I'm very happy to be kind of in the in the center of things. I'll say the difference this time around, though, is that. I don't know if I'm really getting to uh, enjoy all the fruits of being downtown this time because like now I have a job where I work from home. So I'm pretty much at home like 90 percent of the time. Sure, Yeah. So it's it's basically essentially kind of like being in my own little suburb. Um, But other than that, like it's 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 awesome. It's fantastic. Um, How are you liking it? I, I love it. I, I try to walk everywhere. Uh, it's super like healthy for me. Like I live near like fruit markets in uh, Koreatown here. I go to this giant Asian uh, hey. Korean store, Pat. Do you uh, know, I know Pat. Do you, do you, um, do you ever get high chews? Yeah. See, this is a thing and I can take heat for this all I want. Um, when I went to Japan, I had people message me with certain flavors that I needed to bring back for them of high chews. Now, yeah. I myself, I'm not a candy guy. I'm not a really a sweets person. And I always get heat for this. So like Starburst, Haichu, all those things, it's not really for me. But I understand. So I spent like all this time and effort getting these random flavors, which, I, which don't exist here. And I brought them back for my friends. And they, they go nuts for Haichu. Are you, are you obsessed with these things? Is that why? No. Oh, you don't no, like it, them either? I mean, I like Haichu. But like yeah. uh, I, I brought some over to John's place when we did our Elimination Chamber review. Yes. And uh, John was bragging this week about how he's never had a cavity in his life. Oh, my God. But he likes these high chews. Uh-oh. So it's my mission now. To give him a cavity? <laughs> give him his first cavity. Give him some so, high chews, some Pocky. Yeah. Uh, what are so some I, other real sweet things? I don't know. Some bubble tea. I don't know. That's, do you ever have a? I, I could, do you ever have um, Yakult? What is you know that? What that is no. Um, oh God, I don't even know what you call this Yakult. stuff. Yakult. 
Yeah, Colt is a probiotic milk beverage for bacteria. Oh, no. Oh, I've had it. I'm not a fan, to be honest. No. I love it. No, it's like a milky milky pop. Yeah. But it has bacteria in it. Well, yeah. I mean, yogurt has bacteria in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't like yogurt either. Um, So I have had it. It's like a milky, milky pop substance thing. It's kind of, it's not up my alley super much. Uh, I like Boss Coffee. Okay. Which is Boss Coffee. Yeah, yeah. Boss Coffee with Tommy Lee Jones. You've ever seen what? the Japanese? Have you ever? You, you don't know what I'm talking oh, about? Oh, Boss Coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Everyone, when you have five minutes of your life, go YouTube best of Tommy Lee Jones. Yes, that Tommy Lee Jones. Japanese Boss Coffee commercials. And you're welcome. Um, it's yeah. so great. Uh, his face, Tommy Lee Jones' face is all over Tokyo. I don't know why. Because of Boss I, Coffee. Well, I guess he looks like somebody you could trust with a good taste in coffee. You know? It's true. If you imagine, talking... <laughs> imagine Tommy Lee Jones like picking beans from like a coffee plant, blue Blue Mountain somewhere, picking some coffee. Uh, that sounds great. No, I don't. I don't like the the milky one. Uh, I love trying new things though. Like if I go, I, there's I live literally near like thirty Korean restaurants, and that's just at like my intersection. And I, I love trying like things on the menu that I've never even heard of before. It's like my favorite thing. I do that when I like to travel, but I like to do that even when I'm in my own backyard. It's, it's, it keeps things interesting. I'm not the kind of guy that goes to the same place every day and orders the same thing all the time. Like I get, yeah. I get bored of things. So I love to try new things. So living downtown in a huge city, uh, multicultural, it's a lot of fun. I love it. Um, I guess we should talk about some wrestling instead of just Let's do it. just going on about. I know you and John talked about the NXT call-ups on on Raw and SmackDown. I would be uh remiss if I didn't. Um mm. I know you guys had some some good things and and not good things that you liked about it. I will say that it was super cool to see these guys on Raw. Uh I watched this show. It's like my babies like grew up and they like Left the coop, you know? But uh, I just feel like it's such an interesting time to bring these these characters on TV right now. It was so cool to see Ricochet on TV and, and uh, Gargano. Like, when Gargano showed up in the Rumble, I was like, this is crazy. I've seen this guy wrestle in front of, like, 15 people. And now he's in the Royal Rumble. And, and same with seeing uh, Ricochet with uh, Finn Balor on Raw. I thought it was really cool to see these guys get called up. I hope, storyline-wise, that DIY uh, still split, and the the main reason that they were brought up on the main roster was to help that storyline, because they won the tag team matches. I think there's Hmm. a reason why they won those matches. Like, the reason is to show that they're still, like, top, top guys, but that they're they're still going to split up, hopefully. Hard to say right now whether or not any of their uh, main roster appearances were done to help their NXT story. I, yeah. I, I would kind of think not. I mean the right. way I, j- I think everybody's just taking it is that this was a knee-jerk reaction to uh, Vince McMahon all of a sudden wanting great wrestling on his show and therefore plucked the four best guys out of NXT to be on that program. Um, uh, I, w- I have gone ahead and read, read spoilers for the next set of taping. Sure. So – I won't, you know, uh, mention uh, wait, I don't, I don't read ahead way. I know you don't. Yeah. I don't read ahead. No, you don't. But, but 
Okay. No, you go ahead. <laughs> I don't know what I'm supposed to say. I'm not allowed to talk about it. Well, it'll be an interesting, I don't know, month or so up to It will May be. Right? It will be very interesting because uh, from what we know, they will also still appear on uh, Raw and SmackDown. So knowing the, what, you know, those who have read spoilers ahead know, um, how will they interweave that current storyline with what we are uh, going to see on Raw and SmackDown? Which is which is really cool. I, I, I hated the crowd on Monday night. Uh, I actually watched it because as soon as uh, as soon as John Pollock tweets out something, I know it's true. That's how yeah. I go. That's how I go about my business. Like if any anything wrestling related, I check John Pollock's Twitter feed, and if he says says it, I it's I'm good. So John's like, hey, these guys are going to be on Raw. I literally was coming home. I was about to cook some dinner. I was like, well, I guess I'm watching Raw. So I watched it, and I was like, okay, cool, cool. Um, but to kind of backtrack even further than that, because, you know, I don't really get to say a lot on, uh, other things, but Kofi fucking Kingston should be WWE world champion. I almost cried watching that match. Really? Wow. So I don't know what that means, but clearly my emotions were intact and he needs to be WWE champion. It so. seems like actually pretty common sentiment from what I've been hearing over the past week. And it really is amazing how much one week has done for this guy, you know, essentially kind of being plucked from this mid-card comedy act in a three-man team to uh, what who many people want to be considered a WrestleMania championship yeah. winner. Um, I definitely think he should be the person for that job. Um, I I don't think you know something something like this organically happens all that often with no. the WWE and with the timing like this too. I think it would make for a great WrestleMania quote unquote moment. Whether or not you know um, they are they are willing to kind of like change or ditch their previous plans for Daniel Bryan's opponent um, remains to be seen. Depending on who that opponent was, but I I feel like at this point they are willing to listen to their audience and maybe. Uh, maybe what we can hope for, much in the like, very similar to how what happened with Charlotte and and, and Ronda mm-hmm. when that was supposed to be the match. Maybe they'll turn this into a three way. That's the most I could personally hope for, knowing how this company likes to stick to their plans. Yeah, like they'll probably still have the guy they wanted with Daniel, and then add Kofi in. I mean, it's Daniel and Kofi at Fastlane, but I'm just, I really, really loved that, especially like everyone saying, you know, when it was really down to. Kofi clearing the guys out and then it was Kofi and Brian in the chamber there. I just – and I don't like chamber matches either. But that was such an emotional moment. The crowd came alive. I was watching it. I felt so emotionally attached to it. And Kofi Kingston isn't even one of my favorite wrestlers. Uh, I just – I, I got to tell you, I was – it was the rare moment in this weird episodic show we all love and watch that I was like emotionally attached to it. I was like, this guy needs to win right now. I need to lose my shit right now. And I need to see him win the, win the strap at some point. Kofi Kingston for world champ. I believe in Kofi Kingston. Uh, I just, I just had to say, I thought that was great. I think like, you know, what it is, is, is just people latching onto a story of somebody who, uh, who's been a, 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 a very loyal employee for the past 15 years, um, but, you know, neglected for a promotion for the longest time. And now we're seeing a guy somehow luck his way into mm-hmm. that promotion because somebody else got injured on the job. So 
now he's be, like this audience is supporting the story as much <laughs> as I think we are thinking of him as like, you know, maybe just uh, an underdog in terms of like uh, wrestling rankings. It's to me, he's more so an underdog because he represents the everyman who's been overlooked at work because of company politics or because of race or whatever. And now that person is finally getting their chance to, you know, be get into the spotlight and get and, and get that promotion. And everybody can relate to a story like that. Yeah. No, I, I, I really loved it. So kudos to WWE. Uh, this WrestleMania season feels like it's all kind of coming together in its own weird way. Weird that they brought the NXT call-ups now, kind of, because it's like my whole sights are on this WrestleMania. And now you're kind of like stirring another ingredients into the pot. And I'm like, well, wait, this is already really good. Why do we, what are we doing? But uh, I, I think it'll be, I think it would be great. I'm just also looking forward to, Tell, tell me one thing, Way. Um, the main event, is it the women? Yes, I right. think it has to be. That's, that's no the way I want it. As a fan, I need to see the main event uh, be either Becky, uh, Ronda, or the three-way. But it, I, I need that to, to end the show, honestly. Like, that's what I want to see. As a wrestling fan, we need that this year. Uh, I'm looking super forward. This is the first WrestleMania. I mean, I'm going to it. This is the first time I'm going to WrestleMania. Really? So I'm very excited. Oh. I've never been. It's so, very exciting. So it'll be very exciting. And uh, to anyone who is going to WrestleMania, be sure to uh, to link up. Because I know a lot of people want to meet up with uh, with you guys. You guys are going to be super busy. But a lot of people want to meet up with me and Davey and buy us a shot. That's all we want. Just a shot. So, awesome. Um, we'll do that. Well, let's go into this week's episode of NXT. Everything is awesome. Or we can just talk about Lego for 20 minutes again. That's fine. Too. Um, <laughs> NXT from February 20th, 2019. We start off the match with Alistair Black and Roderick Strong. Uh, both guys, amazing. And Alistair Black, now a member of the main roster, kind of, sort of. Right? Yeah, it seems like these are permanent call-ups, yes. Right, okay, cool. Um, the match starts off here. They try to take each other down. Roderick trying to take him down. The the story here is Roderick last week said that Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish are back as a tag team, which allows mm. Adam Cole to be a single superstar and Roderick Strong to be a single superstar. So this is the chance Roddy has to try to shine. Uh, and he does just that. There's a series of strikes from Aleister Black, including this nasty back elbow um, and then a bridging German for a two. Roddy hits like he they're on the outside. He goes to hit a backbreaker, but lifts Black onto the steel steps. I love it. Uh, then inside, he hits his own actual backbreaker. There should always be a backbreaker count in a Roderick Strong match. Uh, they tease this like huge superplex spot, but it turns up into yet another nasty backbreaker from Roddy. There's a... A Cabrada moonsault by Aleister Black and a brain buster, only a two count. Then a pop-up gut buster by Roddy. And then this is a spot I need to see more of. And I feel like this could be a spot someone does on a main roster that could start a whole angle. On the apron, Roderick Strong puts Aleister Black in a torture rack. So he's standing on the apron, has Aleister Black in a torture rack position. 
tosses him off his shoulders into the ring pole off the apron. Mm-hmm. Throws him into the ring, and it's only a two count. I think this spot is hugely overlooked here because if you were to have someone in that position and you throw their body, I'm remembering like Big Show or Brock Lesnar throwing Rey Mysterio into the pole. Everyone can kind of remember what I'm talking about. It's kind of yep. similar. I just feel like that is a this is a, a devastating move. Like never mind Kevin Owens power bombing you on the apron, throwing you off the apron into the pole is very innovative. Roddy is always one of my favorite guys to watch because you you'll see moves that you didn't even know existed, and I'm sure he didn't even know existed. Um, but only a two count there, but it looks so cool. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, a spot I haven't seen before. Uh, Whenever I see like things like this involving the apron or the you know maybe not not so much the the ring post uh, with the shoulder but something like this I always wonder um, you know where the kind of work is like where the trick is where the magic yeah, is exactly. to avoid avoid somebody getting hurt what's the technique that they're going through before the match actually occurs to say okay land on this spot brace yourself on this spot so that you don't actually uh, get as hurt as this move is supposed to look but instead he just throws him into the pole which is great yeah uh but only a two count roddy then goes inside he's a little frustrated he goes for a, a few strikes and goes for a suplex but black counters lands on his feet swings and hits the black mass roderick strong sells it like he's falling into outer space and alistair black pins roderick strong and right away the undis- undisputed era the wolves are here to attack Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole, and Bobby Fish. They come out here. They start putting the boots to Alistair. But Ricochet comes down to the ring, the other main roster call-up, and uh, goes for the save. And as this segment kind of closes, Nigel McGuinness is very... It's very clear that this was definitely said for a reason here. Nigel McGuinness says, Ooh, the losses continue to amount for Undisputed Era. How mm-hmm. how will this get resolved? Is what Nigel says. So what does that mean? Does that mean they're going to kick Roddy out? No. Oh, it's a very good question. They can't actually. do that. Yeah. So I just I just thought that Nigel clearly said this for a reason. I think the storyline is the undisputed era. They've been on this like losing streak, like Kurt yeah. Hawkins, and then they're going to keep losing and losing because they said that 2019 was going to be their year. Mm-hmm. And with with all these main roster call ups, Adam Cole will be NXT champion in 2019. I agree. So, I, I mean, you know, I don't think necessarily Roddy is being singled out because they're all taking losses. Yeah, yeah. So I think this is just their way of uh, setting them up for a huge rest of 2019, or at least I would like to think so. And I have a lot more faith in the booking in NXT. Yes. Um, so I don't think they're just going to be on a losing streak gimmick, especially when it's the Undisputed Era. Um, I think I thought it was a, a really good match, you yeah. know, better than either of his matches on TV this week. Alistair Black, yep. slightly better than the Andrade match, I thought, and miles ahead of the Elias match. Um, yes, I love the pace of Roddy's matches. He works so incredibly fast and so intense for somebody who isn't a high flyer with great looking strikes, a bunch of great power moves. Most of this match was him in control. And uh, instead, we got to see Alistair Black selling. And I thought he sold well. So. You know, all in all, I would say it was a good match, but maybe a little forgettable. The crowd didn't seem that reactive to most of it, and I maybe wonder if it was due to this being pretty late into the taping day. Yeah, definitely. This was near the uh, the uh, the second or third taping there, 
But I, I, I always enjoy Roderick Strong. Uh, I feel like he's always just like the workhorse here. He could be on NXT forever and just always pump out great matches. Uh, I still I still love this. And again, Roddy, keep that torture rack toss thing because it's deadly. It looked great. I'm a little concerned for him, though, like if he ever moves up to the main roster because yeah. of his style. I mean, unlike Ricochet, who I think can, you know, obviously get by with you know, uh, um, just just working like high flying. He Roderick Strong does a lot of like power, power moves. And, and mm-hmm. how is he going to do that to somebody like Sheamus or or Cesaro or, you know, um, I think Roddy could show, could show Sheamus how to do a real backbreaker. For sure, but I guess it's maybe maybe more so the perception, and, sure. and would he be allowed to work the way he does? Yeah. You know, if 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 he's like a whole foot shorter than somebody else. I damn it, I'd like to see him try. Yeah, it's Roderick Strong. He's got kids to feed with. One or two? Uh oh, is it just one? He's got a kid. He's got a one. kid to feed with. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sarah Del Rey and Serena Deeb. Um, they're backstage. They're being interviewed. They, they are not. They're not even. They're, they don't even tell us who they are. Essentially, we're supposed to just know. And they're interrupted almost instantly. They're talking about the performance center, and they are at the PC, in fact. And the camera follows as Shayna Baszler and the girls, the horsewomen, they run by. And there's this huge brawl in the in the back of the the locker room at the PC, including like. All sorts of uh, the NXT women's roster, including Mia Yim, seems to be in the forefront here, kind of arguing with Shayna Baszler. Everyone's shoving and pushing. So it's going to lead to something down the line. We then go to a uh, Bianca Belair video package. It's basically an interview cut up with music and clips from her takeover match with Shayna. It's like her in front of like a train track or a dumpster or something. But the music underneath is her theme song, but the instrumental. Yeah. And her instrumental, her theme song is lit. Way. Who, who, I mean, I know you guys are huge fans of uh, Tanara Conti's theme. Oh, yeah. Like, what, what, are, what are some other themes that are kind of like on, on your playlist? Ooh, I need or to NXT actually make a, a playlist because I don't know if the NXT themes are all on, uh, like, I use Apple Music. I'm not a Spotify right. guy. I use Apple. But, um, I love Bianca Belair's theme. I love Tanara Conti's theme. Uh, I really like Mia Yim's theme. Yeah, actually, I, when we get to, she's in a match later, and you know what? Her music is definitely underrated. I actually really need that on my on my 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 phone because it's so gangster. Um, it's 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 as a hip hop guy, I know like trap is really popular in like music in general. Like Ariana Grande, number one album all three number one on the billboard top 10 and like she's pop but she even incorporates trap into her pop music now mm-hmm. and i feel like wwe is definitely on that bandwagon at least cfos yeah 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 because yeah. like there's so many themes there, there's a commercial for wrestlemania right and that is like a trap song yeah and like all these wrestlers come out today they all use like think trap things involved like trap meaning like the 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 drums and the hi hats and the things like that the snares the 808s and stuff so it's co- I find it cool because that's the kind of music mm. I like dig and stuff but um, yeah too I much def- of it you think maybe maybe too much but you know what you listen to like any mainstream music right now and they're all using it too so mm-hmm. go for it I mean WWE loved to use Limp Biscuit and and all those stuff when that was really hot at the time too so 
I don't know. They just go, <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah, I don't know how I mean, hot it was really. When was Flo Rida really hot? I mean, Flo Rida is popular, but he's just not good. Limp Biscuit was like the WrestleMania theme, for, like in in like WrestleMania nineteen. Which yeah, that like, was that was not a good one because that's not even a release song. Crack Addict, right? I think so. Yeah, it wasn't even a real Limp Biscuit song. Like that wasn't like they it was recorded and everything, but it wasn't a hit or anything. No. So my way is <laughs> still the best. Um, I, I do love a lot of the NXT themes. I do love Bianca Belair's. I do love Mia Yim's. But I still have to say Tainara's is, is pretty lit. Cool. Uh, Bianca Belair, she's here in front of a dumpster. She's talking. She's talking about her match with Shayna Baszler and how she basically had the match won. If you rewatch it, she says, the referee was knocked down and the referee is what costed her this match. She says that just because Io Shirai in a tag match a few weeks ago, pin Shayna doesn't mean that she gets to be next in line. She says, everyone needs to get back behind me. I'm still deserving. I deserve the title. I deserve another shot at Shayna because I am undefeated. Undefeated. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Which is true. She, you know, she did a... No, it's not. She, <laughs> the undefeated thing is not true. Yeah. But she she did have a good match with Shayna. She did take her to to the limit there. I feel like our program for TakeOver, just after this one thing here, well, not this one thing, maybe this whole episode, is we're getting like maybe a fatal four-way for the the women's title at the TakeOver. That or a three-way, depending on, you know, where Sane fits in, because like she's kind of not been a part of of like at least Belair's targeting. Yeah. So um, at the very least, we're, it looks like we will get something involving Bianca Belair and, and Io Shirai. And then who knows where, where that will lead, lead into for TakeOver. Yeah, it might lead to even somewhere else down the line. There's, there's, there's a few options here. But I still feel like Bianca Belair, this video is like edited and all that stuff. But it's still – it's a character that I could kind of still get into. So I yeah. still want to see where it goes to. I like her swag. She's got it. Uh, She's great. Yeah. It's interesting to to see like how they position her as a babyface or a heel going forward. Because you know in that in that Shayna match, she was obviously very much a babyface. But yeah. against Io Shirai, she definitely has to take more of a heel role, uh, especially with somebody like Io Shirai, who really, I mean, is a, an amazing wrestler, but hasn't really developed much of a character because no. she hasn't had much of a chance to or ability to to be able to speak and convey a character. So I imagine. Bianca will have to do the bulk of that lifting and uh, probably doing it as as a heel as you saw here. See, I wanted – call me selfish. I want the boss and hug connection to come, yeah. down, to, come down to NXT because they said they would defend their titles, the women's tag titles in NXT. Really and hard I, to – sorry. I was going to say it. I would like to see uh, the Sky Pirates versus the boss and hug connection at some some point. I think that's the match everybody's looking forward to of of all the potential women's tag teams. I would say in the entire WWE. Yep. So they have to do it for sure. Yeah, at that's, some a, point. that's a big matchup, I'd say. Uh, we get a recap of NXT invading Raw and SmackDown. All the main roster call-ups. Um, yeah, this was all just, you know, Nigel telling us what happened via voiceover. I yep. mean, likely something maybe he might have even recorded at SmackDown. Definitely, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but they announce that in two weeks here on NXT, it is the return of the Dusty Classic. That's right. The tag team tournament that we're all familiar with. And they announced the first four teams. There will be eight teams in total. 
And this week, they have announced that Undisputed Era, Fabian Eichner and Marcel Barthel, the Forgotten Sons, and the Street Profits are the first four teams announced. And next week, they will announce the rest of the, the four teams. Mm-hmm. So the Dusty Classic. Now, yes. I mean, all day they – or all, I guess, two days they, they promoted this huge announcement coming on NXT. And right. everybody online was like speculating, oh, are they moving to two hours? Are they announcing a TV deal? Right. Are they, you know, like what, what, you know, what is this monumental game-changing <laughs> announcement? And it's re- the return of the Dusty Classic, which – It's big news, way. I guess, yeah. It's big. It's a huge – uh, it is cool. Uh, obviously, it'll lead to certain things down the line. I know, like, what, the winner gets a tag title shot, no? Against the War Raiders in New York. There you go. So yeah. that's pretty big. Um, the only issue I have with this is, does that mean that whoever wins this is now gets to hold the Dusty Trophy, the cup, and Bobby Fish doesn't get to walk around holding it anymore? So that's that's the only downside. Unless Undisputed Era win once again. Which that's more. That's motivation enough, isn't it? Just to give Bobby Fish something to hold on to. Like Bobby Fish is like, what am I going to do if I can't hold on to this trophy? It's my only yeah. thing, so I have to win again. I would pick them to win just to see them fight. I, I would like to see uh, a War Raiders rematch after that banger from Takeover. Yeah, but if they're doing this losing streak gimmick, though, it's true. Who it's knows? True. Uh, so next week, the next four teams will be announced. Uh, it's. There's there's some teams that you could probably I want to see Eichner and Bartel go very far because they're my my underdog NXT mm. guys. Um, let's go to our next match. It is Mia Yim versus Zaya Lee. Now Zaya Lee was in the Royal Rumble and that was a huge surprise to me. I thought it was a great choice to have her in the Royal Rumble um, because mm-hmm. she's not someone that we've seen a lot in in NXT, but she was in the Mae Young Classic this year and she was pretty impressive. Um, and I thought her showing up in the Royal Rumble was like people may have, were probably like I don't know who this is, who is this person, but I yeah. I, I I personally loved it. I think um, that what other what other stars from China are, are in the WWE like right now? Like there's not a they, whole lot. They 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 grabbed a whole crop of tryouts uh, and recruits from yeah. from their Chinese tryouts, but. You haven't really heard anything from any of them other than Xia Li. Exactly. Like Bin Wong, I haven't heard a thing yeah, from him Yeah, where has this guy been? He's been on NXT once or twice, but that's it. Sometimes I'm on their Instagrams and I see them. Like they're they're all there. Yeah, I think they they're live all in still Florida. just tra- Yeah, they're all still just training. But clearly the one who's advanced the most is Xia Li. And uh, you know, it makes sense why they would want to profile her in things such as the Royal Rumble. Um, you know, she's been being featured a lot more now on NXT, even despite you know in a in a jobbing role. But right. still, it's a chance for her to gain experience. So she she definitely looks to be the one with the most advancement. Um, but the thing is, man, I think AEW is already way ahead of yes, them. Yes, they are. Once they start working with OWE, because you once you see those OWE guys. And the level that they're at trading themselves in, yep. in China with, with Shima. And then you see like – I can't imagine Ben Wong being, being a tenth of like you know some <laughs> of those OWE guys. So maybe maybe they're, they're, they, they could learn a thing or two about the training in, in the performance center. Yeah. I mean maybe, maybe so. I know that AEW deal. That's such a good – like that's such a good idea on their part. I yeah. love it. Uh, I just – like in the past – a few years or so, there's definitely been a shift in like WWE 
you know, they try to represent like everyone. And I just, I feel like China is definitely not represented in wrestling quite, quite often. So her showing, Xia Li showing up in the Royal Rumble, I feel like someone somewhere was, you know, the, the time difference, someone in China was like sitting there watching and they saw this person and they're like, oh, like amazing. This is great. And that's what, I don't know. I, yeah. I, li- I like that. I like that about wrestling, especially in the past few years. You see like your, your European, European Union or, and anyone else in the, in the UK show. It's like, it's so cool to see that. It's called World Wrestling Entertainment. And they, they don't like to they don't like to remind us that the word wrestling, but world wrestling. It's cool, though, though, I feel like maybe like the, the reasons for uh, showcasing people like that aren't necessarily more like, you know, to increase representation and maybe more for uh, business purposes. Sure. That's just kind of maybe the cynic in me speaking. Of course. But of course. Yeah. No, and, and you're not wrong either. You're definitely not wrong. But I just I find it like there's only so many times you can see the same thing and it's finally like i feel like things are moving maybe in the right direction but i uh i, I thought she, I, I like xylee also uh she works hard because i follow her on instagram i'm a big fan of xylee mm-hmm. big fan of xylee's yeah. instagram and she like is kickboxing and training hard every single day so she does deserve uh this spot and she's going up against mia yim who also uh, is a is a beast. She comes out with her gangster trap music, your favorite. Um, HBIC. HBIC. What is that? Um, is that the name of the band? Is that the name of the song? Is that that's the name of the song? H I B C. No, no H B I C. H B I C. Hottest. Mm, okay, I don't know, but I love it. I'm gonna I'm gonna download it on my phone later. Um, it's the head bitch in charge. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh. I, I figured it out in my head, but yeah. Um, they shake hands in the beginning, the code of honor, obviously. Uh, they brawl and scuffle a bit, and then Zia Lee just goes cray cray and starts with the crazy kicks. And Mia just goes, okay, whoa, chill, hey, whoa, and like backs off in the corner, and the strikes are just coming left and right. Um, she does eventually connect with a few. There's some crazy kicks, and. Um, Crazy strikes here. They keep like trying to one up each other here. Uh, I was really not into it in the beginning, but then there was a, just a whole like series of chain here that I really, really liked. But basically, it ends with protect your neck from Mia Yim, which is kind of like Zack Ryder's old weird move. How would you describe protect your neck? And I know you love the name, way. Oh yeah, I know. You like know. I could see Boro and me Yim having like a huge conversation about Wu Tang here because Boro threw in a bunch of Wu Tang. Yeah, he was he was beginning. like, she's ready to bring the ruckus. <laughs> yeah, uh, she's me Yim is here for the children. Yeah, uh, I would describe this as like uh, eat the feet, but with a knee instead of the foot. Yeah, it's like a knee to the to the, to the neck to the temple. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's yeah. a it's a cool move. I don't know if it's a fin. I don't like eat the feet. It's one of my least favorite wrestling moves. So I love eat the feet. You love eat the feet. Soul food, Soul as she food. calls it. Yeah, yeah. Like I love the both names are clever, and I, yeah. it's cool. But it's just not a finish to me. I wouldn't. Mm. I, I don't know. I, I feel like this one maybe could could go. And I like protect your neck. It's so cool. Um, but Mia Yim gets the win over Zia Lee. But this is yeah. not where it ends here. Uh, what, well, what did you think of that match? It's, it's a quick little. I thought it was like a, a decent match. I, I enjoyed it as a glimpse into Zia Lee's progression. Mm-hmm. You know, again, at her level, I think she looks promising. Her striking looks very good, as you would expect uh, from somebody with a wushu background. It's something that, you know, seems like it will set her apart. 
And uh, at this point, I feel like she's developed like pretty good ring awareness, uh, again, for her level. Still quite green, and I also have no idea how her promo is at all. But I kind of feel like, you know, with them being as confident as they are to put her on TV, like in, in situations like this in the Rumble, she has to be on the cusp of like, you know, having a feature role in the NXT women's division once this current class of like Bel Air, Shirai, and, and Baszler are done. This is true because they're just hogging up all everything. Mm-hmm. As we see here, because they come down to the ring, Shayna, uh, Jasmine Duke, and Marina Shafir, they all come down here and they beat up Xia and they beat up Mia Yim. And then some of the NXT women's locker room come down to help save the day. We get, uh, I'm blanking on their names now. I didn't write them down. Um, Lacey Lane. Yeah, Lacey yeah. Lane, which um, we don't see very often. MJ um, Jenkins. Yes, that's who. Um, they come down, but and and my worst wrestler of 2018 uh, came down to help too. I'm Who's that? <laughs> Forget. It's like Jess, Jesse. Oh, Jesse Alaban. Oh, not a fan. Still, still my least favorite <laughs> in 2019. They come down to the ring to help Mia Yim and Zia Lee, but their uh, their efforts are are wasted. They get beat up. They get owned, if you will, um, and then. They clear the ring, the, the baddies, the four horsewomen here, the three, I guess. And Jessamyn Duke and Marina Shafir are holding Mia Yim like on her knees, holding her arms back, like, and they're screaming at her. And she's like, no, let me go. And Shayna then uh, runs and hits her with a giant knee to the face as her arms are being held back by her, her goons. And then Shayna holds up the title. And, uh, and yeah, so Shayna Baszler, the... The real head baddie in charge here, um, showing the women's division that she's the boss. I wonder if we get Shayna Baszler, Bianca Belair, Io Shirai, Mia Yim at uh, TakeOver New York. Or is Mia Yim just the, the TV program? I wonder. I wonder too. I mean, um, she could just be a TV program, but I think – Again, like Mia Yim, you know, like I said, once once this current class is gone, I could see Mia Yim kind of taking that that place as like the the HBIC, the HBIC, uh, the head baby in the division. In I I head babyface in charge because hey. I, I I really liked her in this role. Her yeah. acting is good enough. She clearly already has the favor of the crowd, so I think she's perfect for like a lead role and future, you know, underdog challenger for the NXT Championship in 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 a major takeover role. Yeah, I could see Mia Yim going going far in WWE. It's it's also like her coming here was very. It felt more organic, you know, with the crowd being really on her side and then being being signed and all that. But uh, I want to see where it goes, and I wouldn't mind her in a in a major spot sooner than later. Um, we go backstage. It's Johnny Gargano, Johnny Wrestling, Johnny Raw, Johnny SmackDown, Johnny Takeover, whatever you want to call him. He's working out. And his wife, Candice LeRae, interrupts. Now, 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 Way, you, yeah. uh, you are saying that DIY, Gargano and Champa coming to the main roster, when we still, does this affect their storyline? Are they good guys? Are they bad guys? We don't know what's going on because this call-up is just such a weird time, right? Mm. Uh, Way, this right here solves everything for you. you how wanna, so? You want to know how? Yeah. Uh, me, the cracked detective at up next post wrestling. Let me tell you a little insight here, Way. When yeah. whenever you see Johnny Gargano 
with his wife, Candice LeRae, if she is wearing black lipstick, that means Gargano is heel. Is that right? That is right. Interesting. Look, look this up, Way. Whenever okay. Candice has black lipstick, and since his heel turn, like the real heel turn, he's been, you know, on and off heel, kind of. There's been weeks on NXT TV. I, I don't know if you've been watching week to week, but there's been weeks where they tease, like, he's not actually heel. Oh, wait, is he heel still? She has taken the lipstick off, and she has put it back on. Oh, But cool. here, she is wearing the lipstick. Just saying. Interesting. Just saying. She is wearing that, the symbiote lipstick. That makes a ton of sense. And I, 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 I could totally see them throwing in a subtlety like that for very keen, observant viewers such as you. So trust me. That's that's really cool. Yes. It would. It, I mean, it makes sense here if he is a heel. I mean, he's about to wrestle this match as a heel. Yep. So yeah. He is definitely heel. This uh, he did. He does wrestle the the match later tonight as a heel, but this solidifies. Uh, cool. Candace is there. She's there to support her husband wearing all black and black lipstick. And she says, what the hell are you doing here? And the camera pans over and Tomasa Champa is standing there with Goldie. Just, just watching. And Champa says to both of them, Johnny, if you need me tonight, I'm here. Gargano yeah. looks at him and he says, I won this title on my own. I don't need you. I do what I do best. Be Johnny freaking wrestling. And he walks off with Candace. And Champa says, I'll be watching. Yeah. Ooh. So, yeah. You know, I'm watching this scene with the perspective of like having already seen these two team up together twice mm -hmm. earlier this week. Right. So, <laughs> I mean, clearly this was shot. I think this, this whole set of tapings were shot before halftime heat. Before, I guess after halftime heat. Wait, when was halftime heat? Well, halftime heat was actually live, right? Yeah, but was it February or or January? Before or after the rumble? After after the rumble, yeah, yeah. Right. So I mean, you know, like this was shot before halftime heat, before Raw, and before SmackDown, where we've seen these two actually physically team up together two, three times on TV. So you know, it makes a lot more sense, I think, if these two hadn't done that. Um, but it also doesn't not make sense either. Like yeah. it's still, even if they were teaming together, this is Gargano specifically speaking about his NXT North American title defense and not yes, wanting that's Gar true. Uh, Champa's help. Yeah. So, if you if you dissect what he says, he's just talking about his solo like thing. Him. Yeah. So listen, like, I mean, we all know what's up. Anybody watching NXT, I think yes. knows, no, you know, their taping schedule. Yep. If the only casualty of them being called up early is that this backstage skit might not make a hundred percent sense. <laughs> it's not that big of a loss. No, it's not. Um, I, I love everything involving this, this DIY, this Gargano Champa storyline. They had my attention all 2018 and, it's February 2019, and they still have my attention. And uh, a way I, I, I honestly have not read ahead, but I am going to take over New York in, uh, yep. in Brooklyn. And you know what? I really, really want to see Gargano and Champa again. So I don't know if I will, but I want to. That's all I'm saying. If, if it doesn't happen, what else would you want to see from these two? Any ideas? Uh, or are you not even thinking like that? In a, in a tag team. Tag team, I guess. 
I don't know. It's it's heartbreaking that we won't get to see the final thing if we don't. If we don't, but mm. if we don't, then then fuck it. Put them in a tag team. Put them in something. I don't know. But mm. the, either way is what I'm saying. Like they have me. They're 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 good. And yeah. oh, and, and you know what? Their match their matches on the main roster was good. I I I liked the one with the revival because you know the revival two out of three falls from Toronto years ago was, is one of my favorite matches ever. Um, so it was just cool to see that on Monday Night Raw. But anything these guys do, I, I'm in. Johnny Johnny Gargano and, and Champa. Champa was my best on the mic in 2018. But Gargano is such a good actor. Yeah. And and sometimes we forget when you watch. I mean, you don't forget. You watch the main roster every Monday night and you're like, man, this whoever this guy is is a terrible fucking actor. Gargano is good. And it's like it shows that maybe some, some of the guys on the main roster could, should take an acting class here or there and it would change things. Sometimes. Well, I, I mean, I think I think these guys getting called up is is a great test to to judge, you know, one system from the other. Yeah. You know, like uh, Johnny Gargano under you know the production of Raw, yeah. getting a script True. maybe at the last minute and having Vince McMahon go through every single word yeah. and, and approval. How is that going to affect somebody even of his great acting level? It's true. We'll have to see how Johnny wrestling, Johnny Raw. That doesn't sound yeah. as good. Johnny Raw sounds not good. Johnny Smackdown sounds fun. Johnny Smackdown sounds good. Johnny Raw just sounds like a porn star name or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we go to a commercial for the best of NXT 2018 Blu-ray DVD. Have you got that yet, Way? I don't even have a Blu-ray DVD player. Wow. I have a PS3 that I solely use for Blu-rays when people will let me borrow them. Other than that, nothing. That's it. Uh, yeah. Streaming services all the way. Um, we go to a face I was not expecting to see. On NXT tonight, Jeremy Borash. He's yeah, just, he's just chilling. He's just hanging out at Full Sail with Matt Riddle. Now, this is uh, an interview here. I wrote in my notes. I don't know why, but then I realized I'm. Call- I wrote Jeremy Borash, the goat. Um, I love. I love Jeremy Borash. Shout he's out, great. JB. Um, <laughs> I'm an old TNA fan. People don't know that, but like I've I watched TNA since like '03. He mm-hmm. was he was the guy, he was he always is. the guy. So like I just I'm just happy for him essentially. And Abyss, right? Abyss yep. is now signed to WWE as a producer. And Sanjay, Sanjay, no, what? Yeah, really? Yeah, he's he's a producer as well. Oh, then rest in peace, Impact. What are they going to do without those mm-hmm. two? Uh they got Tommy Dreamer. Um, I believe. Um, wow, I'm else? so happy for both of those guys. Then Abyss yeah. and Sanjay Dutt with WWE. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, Conan, I believe, is stepping in to to do some production okay, duties cool. as well. Well, that's awesome. That's really cool. I, I saw that news and I was like, hey, good for you. Uh, good for you guys. Uh, Jeremy Borash is with Matt Riddle. And it's like a candid interview here. Uh, they talk about – he asked Matt Riddle about wearing flip-flops in his debut and how he showed up to his debut in flip-flops in the crowd. And he's wondering like, hey, why did you do that? Wouldn't you change it up? Wouldn't you be more professional, more conservative? He says, no, 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 no. I'd rather be myself. I'd rather someone tell me to tone it down than to step it up. And I never need to step it up. He talks about beating Cassius Ono. He talks about two weeks ago that he tapped out Drew Gulak, which did you see that match way? I highly recommend watching Matt Riddle, awesome. Drew Gulak. Um, a lot of people, mm-hmm. we, 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 I'm, I'm not super well-versed in, in a lot of indie stuff, but a lot of our listeners were, were informing me and Davey on Twitter at the Brady that um, they were a stable. They were a tag team. The, yeah. The catch point. Catch point, yes. Yeah, so I want to see that. 
Yeah, that's the hand signal they were doing. I want to see all of that in NXT. I want to see that in WWE because that match was so good. Uh, he says that he tapped out Drew Gulak and that he has his eyes set on the NXT Championship. The NXT North American cha- Tag Sorry, all the championships. He wants all of them. Any championship I can get my hands on, and nothing is going to stop me, bro. In the extended interview, he he actually talks about wanting to retire Brock Lesnar. This is crazy. So obviously they cut this part out on TV, but you can go watch on their YouTube. And he's talking about how he will retire Brock Lesnar. He says he's tired of the lack of respect that Lesnar has and the the lack of work rate. His, he says Brock Lesnar's work rate could be higher in this interview. Wow. Um, what yeah. do you think about that? Would you like to see Matt Riddle retire Brock Lesnar? Obviously in years to come. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, I think that I, I don't know about retire. You know, yeah. Who knows what where, where Brock is at that point. But I would love to see that match. I think everybody would love to see that match. Yep. And, you know, Riddle calling Brock out this early, I definitely don't feel like they have any plans of doing this match yet. But I, I just essentially kind of see this as Riddle like I, or Borash or whoever just like going out there to make this statement just to get Riddle, Riddle over. And it's caught some buzz, this little line. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I think it's really smart. You know, it just tells you kind of exactly the type of wrestler Matt Riddle is, his uh, his his uh, confidence in himself. So it's, it's very it funny. Because this week, this interview aired last night. Yeah. This week, TMZ Sports had a clip of him, like, I don't know, at an airport or something. And it's him saying the same thing. Like, yeah, I want to retire Brock Lesnar. I want to beat up Brock Lesnar. And that's Interesting. that's the clip that got everyone buzzing. And then this came out. So it's like they clearly did that on purpose. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I wonder. I mean, you know, like hearing it once, I guess it, it might be an anomaly, but like hearing it multiple times from various sources, maybe maybe there's something to it. He's he's been very vocal on on social media and in interviews kind of when he got signed. He's been always talking about retiring Brock like this is not new. But since TMZ kind of put it out this past week or so, it's just funny because it's like, whoa, this is really getting pushed now. So we'll see. I think it's smart to say either way, you know, mm-hmm. like. It's cool. I, I mean, that's I, the biggest payday that anybody can, or at least it's the biggest match anybody can really have. Of course. At this point. So just why not constantly just name your dream opponent? And and I feel like that's a that's a pretty big money match, Brock. Yeah. Matt Riddle. Uh, I mean, now that all my guys are being plucked away, way like all these guys are being stolen. Matt Riddle is a main eventer here in NXT. You got plenty of guys, though. Yeah. That's the thing about NXT. Like, you know, your favorites will leave, but then, like, the next class is always going to be just as good, if not maybe even better. You have Keith Lee coming up. Yep. Like, I Kushida's see... coming up. Hey, 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 hey. Kushida, is he coming to NXT or is he coming to 205? I guess it remains to be seen. And, uh, you know, I uh, went to the uh, the Toronto, the Canadian International Auto, Auto Show, and I saw a DeLorean yesterday. Yeah. And uh, Kushida was not in it. So. I've seen that DeLorean. I don't know if it's that particular one, but like there's a there's a Toronto DeLorean. Yeah, I've seen that on the highway. There's a guy highway. who drives around in Toronto in a DeLorean. You I've know they're making the them highway, again, though. dude. Like they're making what? new ones. Like you can go out and buy them. Oh, cool. So no, but I mean this Back to the Future one. Oh, like, like it's got the, the yeah, it's got everything on it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I can't wait to see Kushida. I would love to see Kushida in NXT, but I feel like. I, I yeah, I can't wait to see Kushido o- O'Reilly in NXT. Ooh, take my money. Um, I want to see Matt Riddle and Dijak 
as a main title match in 2019, 2020. Because I feel like those are two guys that'll be the main, main, main guys here in NXT. Once, once my, once all my call ups are happening and that we get stripped away again. Um, Next week they announced that it is Mia Yim versus Shayna Baszler. Um, Then we go to our main event, the match you've been all waiting for. Johnny Gargano versus Velveteen Dream for the North American Championship. Uh, Morrow makes mention that they have fought before on NXT TV a few months ago in a really good match. Uh, I remember watching. I recommended it to people. And that Gargano won. So it's it's one nothing essentially, Gargano. Uh, Dream comes out in his his tights his long pants are white and he's got these like black tassels that go around it and drape over uh looked really funny it looked great um the match starts off here there's a lot of exchange of like grappling and and early pin attempts getting shoulders to the mat kind of stuff and it shows that not so much the rafters but behind the crowd champa is just watching being a creeper so in nxt they watch tvs in the dark rather than uh, on a three-quarter angle. Was he watching when the was he watching a screen or was he watching from like behind the crowd? I couldn't tell. He looked like he was watching for the 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 Titantron, but from behind. Okay, you know? cool. Because yeah, I wasn't sure what he was doing. Because Full Sail doesn't have rafters. <laughs> do they have a screen? Like, do they have like a like a big? Yeah, they must, right? Like an LED thing, or maybe he was in the rafters. I, I don't even know. He's up in the rafters. Hanging out with Sting. Champa's watching Listen, the main I, event. I prefer this than like a beautifully lit backstage area where somebody has to stand like awkwardly in front of a TV. <laughs> That's how I or watch ne- wrestling. I stand yeah. to a turn. Yeah. You know? That's how I do it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's how I watch NXT every Wednesday when I'm re- ready to do this show. I just turn my body and watch it at a weird angle. Um Dream does this like front flip, lands on his feet and slaps Johnny early in the match, slapping the gum right out of his mouth. Then uh, Dream does this classic like psych out where he, you know, slithers around the ring kind of thing and slaps Johnny again, which just enrages him. Uh, Dream then goes for this like double rope jump move. You know, like when you're on the, the, the second rope or the first rope and you double jump on the ropes to do like, I don't know, most people do it for a moonsault, but he's going for like a front facing move. So dream goes for a double jump, but Johnny sweeps the leg. Which yeah. Is very, which is very funny. Cause in the bad guy's name is Johnny when he sweeps the leg, uh, Johnny sweeps the leg, hmm. drops him. Johnny, like you said, is actually a heel in this match, which is uh, because Candace is wearing the, the black lipstick. She's not ringside, but she was, Wearing the lipstick, so it it counts. Um, Johnny's being more like the it's a it's a part of the character I really like, where there's still kids in the crowd wearing their their Johnny wrestling shirts and they're holding up the Johnny wrestling signs, and he acts like he's not doing anything wrong. He knows mm-hmm. he's the good guy, but he's he's not. Um, I guess in many ways, like you know, he he's able to survive this transition to Raw, mm-hmm. um, more, maybe better than a lot of people who are just straight up heels that have to go like better than Champa. I feel because Champa is just like straight up dick. Yet like yeah. on on Raw, the guy has to play this kind of very neutral, even sometimes completely baby faced guy in this tag team. Yeah, he's still like not trusting Champa kind of thing. Like he's like. Mm. We're winning these matches, but I don't know. I still hate you. I still hate you. Uh, Johnny is like hyperextending and working on the arm and shoulder 
a Velveteen Dream. He starts giving him huge knife edge, knife edge chops all around on the outside, inside. But Dream finally comes back with a huge spine buster for a two count. There's a double axe handle to the outside. And Mauro Ronaldo with a great quote here says, So Dream to the outside with a double axe handle off the top to Gargano. And Mauro says, This is what it feels like when dreams fly. Oh, God. Yes. I love it. I love it. I love you, Mauro. Uh, there's a famous serve by Dream, only a two count. Johnny fights back. He goes for the cheeky Nando's kick, but instead kicks the, the leg of Dream, which kind of uh, leaves Dream hanging in the ropes there, which allows uh, Gargano to hit this really innovative move. It's a 360 flatliner. So mm-hmm. Dream is draped still on the ropes, but like kind of how Bray Wyatt does the twisting flatliner. What does he call it? Yeah. The sister Abigail. Uh, yeah. And instead, Johnny hits this one. And this looked really cool. He's done it before, but it's been quite a while. Uh, looked great. 360 flatliner, only a two count. Gargano then goes for the slingshot DDT, but gets punched in the face. There's a suicide dive and... Uh, the the spear attempt but gets a knee to the face and velveteen dream hits his spinning spin out ddt the crowd here at full sail is going nuts they bite but johnny kicks out at two there's the purple rainmaker attempt but then a super kick uh there's just so many quick like these guys are just going 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 from this point on from even before this it's just so quick here uh very impressive from both guys because johnny is like He's a high flyer, but he also has a lot of like technical stuff because he, he's a tinier guy. But I feel like Dream's style is more so old school, but he mixes in the new kind of stuff, mm-hmm. if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, um, totally. Yeah, and then they're, they're going up top, and Dream is trying to hit – well, he, he does hit a huge like attitude adjustment kind of thing. Like the, the, the Dream TV. Valley – yeah, he goes for the Dream Valley driver off the top rope, and Johnny – kicks out so he goes up top for another double axe handle but jumps and gets super kicked and then a suplex on a steel ramp on the outside he throws velveteen dream into the ring and johnny gargano hits his slingshot ddt the same move he won this north american title with and velveteen dream kicks out at two full sail goes bananas then uh, he picks him up. There's a super kick by Dream. There's a clothesline by Gargano. There's a super kick from, from Gargano, but it uh, doesn't stop him from hitting the Dream Valley driver. Then he does what like Cena does, where he doesn't let you just lay there. He picks, he rolls through, puts Gargano back on his shoulders, hits a second Dream Valley driver, runs to the top rope, climbs up there. The purple Rainmaker... And the purple rain of Velveteen Dream begins because he pins Johnny Gargano. And Velveteen Dream is your new North American champion. Holy, this was a great TV match. What did you think? A really great match. Absolutely. I thought it lived up to, you know, the expectations that these two set. Uh, It lived up like this would totally fit on a takeover, uh, a co-main event. I think a lot of people would be very happy with it. Um, I... I felt like it was great in the beginning, little bit dead in the middle. Sure, but a, a wonderful like that, last yeah. seven minutes. Yeah, that you know? last was like go go go. They did not stop. Mm-hmm. So I fast. really, I really wish I didn't have this spoiled for me beforehand because 
I would have loved to have gotten into those false finishes. And I didn't even read ahead. The thing is, this was the match, of course, that they did two finishes for. So I had no idea. Yeah, explain this finish. Explain what they did here because it's pretty interesting. This is the first time they've done that. So at the original tapings back in January, they had this, you know, what we saw on TV. But then afterwards, Gargano attacked Dream afterwards. He took back the belt and went up on stage to pose with Tommaso Ciampa. And then he returns to the the stage or to the ring, I mean, and he and Dream end up reengaging in this very same sequence. Dream goes up top for the Purple Rainmaker, but this time Gargano avoids it and hits the uh, uh, Gargano escape on Dream to get the win before posing again with the belt. So they tape both finishes. Um, and then, you know, everybody for the past month was left wondering which one that they would use. So it turns out here the officially recognized one is the one that took place the first time, which was Dream win- winning the belt. See, and, that's such a cool idea. I, I was I was spoiled for this. When it's a title change, it's very hard. Yeah. Because, like, people post about it everywhere you WWE go. WWE themselves. Like, I went on the network to yeah. watch this. Yeah. And, like, the first thing I see is, like, brand new champion, you know? Like, yeah, anyway. exactly. Yeah. Sometimes it is hard to not be spoiled. But sometimes they, like, tell you. So, whatever. But regardless of knowing the outcome, I, I still thought this was great. Like, mm-hmm. the, the slingshot DDT from Gargano, I, I, like, forgot and bit. I was like, whoa, wait. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. Um, I thought it was great. I love that dream has now become the North American title because it's like, wait, what? Now Gargano loses it and it shows Champa in the rafters, in his in his dark room, wherever he is watching this. He's smiling. He's like shaking his head a little bit, but he's got this smug hmm. asshole grin on his face. What is that? What does this mean, Way? Why is Champa smiling? Maybe this is all somehow falling into his plan. He's like <laughs> the puppet master. Sure. The puppet master once again with the strings. Um, but, but Velveteen Dream has, has finally become a champion in WWE NXT. I am so happy for this guy. This kid, man, he's going to be WWE champion one day. I love Velveteen Dream so much. Yeah. Um, I thought his this char- was great. His charisma is just off the charts, you know? I, I think especially for somebody like him, being in the mix with like 10 year plus veterans like yep. you know Johnny Gargano he's not going to have the technical crispness of of a lot of those guys but what he makes up for instead though is incredible charisma that he happens to have that a lot of people just don't this guy just happens to be born with this mm-hmm. so you know i i i think um like i watched that world's collide tournament and to me he stood out the most more mm-hmm. so than guys like Tyler Bate because you know he's just like that intriguing of a character and he's got the character he's got the personality and he delivers so it's like he's a whole Mm. package he's he's great um and this like side note i don't know why i've been just listening to uh the whole purple rain soundtrack this this whole week so it's really Mm. fitting that he wins uh tonight on nxt um yeah I, i i think it's great where does it lead him going forward he should keep this this title for a, a long while, I, th- I want to see him defend it and take over New York. I, I don't know who who would you put up against uh, Velveteen Dream in the in the takeover match. Um, would you do? Because a I, year ago I, is when it was debuted in the six man ladder. Would you do that yeah. again? I think that would be awesome. Actually, I think that could be a, like a yearly thing and yeah. uh, just have that hot ladder match. Put Kushida in it. Um, might be a little soon. He hasn't even made his debut yet, but yeah. like, uh, again, I did read ahead with spoilers, so right. I can't. Okay. Don't say it way. Don't say anything. 
get out of here reading ahead. That's terrible. How could you read ahead? That's uh, kind of, I mean, I come know. on. Trust it's, me, you know how hard it is for job. me, Way? Do you know? know? Do you know how hard it is? So, for me? I mean, would you would you like it if NXT like moved to? I guess, of course, you would, right? If they moved to like a live format, I would love if NXT was live. Um, yeah. I usually do not watch it live. It's very rare when I do. I usually watch it late Wednesday or early Thursdays. Um, but that's because I'm doing this. But it would be cool. I don't want to see it go more than one hour. But I, hopefully yeah. it doesn't change that. That was one thing that I saw because like when, when they said you know this announcement was coming, a lot of people were speculating, oh, is it finally moving to two hours? And I saw just as much people that were excited as were as there were that, that just didn't want that at all. I, yeah. In fact, most of the feedback I saw was people saying, God, I hope it's not moving in two hours because yeah. one hour seems to be like a perfect link for everybody, uh, especially you know for people who do try to keep up with other wrestling like – it's very easy to just sit down and watch NXT and having it turn into a two-hour show. No, it would be I think bad. you'll see – yeah, there might be a lot of negativity. You would see a lot of the, the gaps not filled in a, in mm-hmm. a two-hour show. Look, NXT is one hour. It's so easy to hide the like mid-card, like the mid-card people, like the jobbers that they have. and they, You want to get these characters over, but NXT being at one hour – it's always been like that since since I've been watching from the start. You would see like your main guys. You'd see Finn Balor one week in a in a huge matchup, and then the next week you'd see like your secondary guys or your huge tag team main event match. So you keep they keep your interest with different rotating cast that's still there in the show. So it's like if you were to do the two hours, it'd be really WWE style where you just get you'd get sick of it and you'd skip a lot of it. It, it's also good for the 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 tapings, you know, so yeah. they don't have to do too many tapings. Oh, they don't exhaust like, yeah. the towns that they're in. I've been but, there for the tapings. They they can be long, but at the same time, man, they've they've got more guys than ever is at True. performance center that are waiting for TV time and TV experience. And if yeah. you're somebody like like Zia Lee, how often are you going to get that TV time, that air time, when you have so many other guys that they're consistently still mm-hmm. signing? So I don't know. I kind of see them. Maybe considering the two-hour option sooner than later. Oh, I mean, I'll still watch it, but it just—it'll it, take something out of it. I, I think people would agree. It would take whatever this this magic that they've had for like I don't know five years here with this NXT product. I just feel like that would kind of change things. Uh, maybe for the better. I don't know. Who knows? Um, that's NXT. Should we do some feedback way? Let's go. Forum.postwrestling.com. Feedback is up every Wednesday night. Uh, let's go to one here. I'll do the first one. We go to Dreadnought X. He says he's been listening to us since WrestleMania 30, the law period, the, the back-to-back bartenders, the angry people. I love everything post-wrestling. John and Way and Up Next and Brady and Davey. Because, you guys, I started my own gaming podcast and also started streaming on Twitch after seeing the guy, the connection you have with your audience. So thank cool. you, guys. Hey, that's awesome, man. Thank you for listening, and uh, good luck. And maybe I'll see you uh, online with some Mario Kart. Dreadnought X is his Twitch channel. All right, perfect. Go check him out. He says the Best of NXT 2008 DVD has 11 matches, and they're probably the best 11 matches in all of WWE from 2018. There were some good WWE matches in 2018, but you're right. Uh, he says a couple notes here. That Roddy torture rack off the apron looked sick. Velveteen Dream channeling his inner Rick Rude with uh, the, the boots were spray, uh, 
painted like Rick Rude does. Uh, he says, the way Johnny was twisting Dream's arm back to the mat was nasty looking. Moral with the this is what it looks like when Dream fly was great. I'm pretty sure if Johnny freaking wrestling and Velveteen Dream had 100 matches, none of them would be mad. Because that match was awesome. Congrats to Dream. I know you don't watch the main roster, Bray D, but Way suffers through it every week. And DIY versus The Bar was on SmackDown, and Champa was doing a powerbomb spot on Champa, and he landed on Champa's knee. No word on the injury, but it looks like they got a little stiff after that happened. Sheamus was laying it a little thick. What are your thoughts? Keep up the great work. Um, I don't know if I if I noticed in that particular. Did you catch the match, Braden? No, I didn't watch the SmackDown right. match. No, I didn't. But I mean, I didn't. I didn't really notice anything unusual out of the norm. I just watched the you clips. Know? Yeah, she- I, Sheamus. Sheamus is like, uh, like he looks just to wrestle that very physical. Yeah, he's stiff always style. beating up people, isn't he? Yeah. He's always yeah. Same stiff. with That's same with look. Cesaro. Yeah, I don't what? think so. Yeah. I, I I feel like uh, Champa. I I remember watching Champa. The what was his thing in ROH when he came out with the the face mask, the Sicilian psychopath. Like mm-hmm. he he was pretty stiff as well in some of his matches. So like let's yeah. it, it's the style. They're just good at it. That you just you're just sold on what they're doing. And Champa worked the taping, so from it looks like he's he's fine. Yeah. We go to Harry from Houston who says, I'm not even sure where to start this week for NXT. The call-ups were okay, I guess. Even though DIY teaming up still feels weird and super forced to me. I really hope Gargano wins the NXT title. I've wanted it since Philadelphia last year, and, and the possibility that he might never win it really worries me. Especially if it's because Vince called him up on a whim. As for the actual show, it was well above average with a great opener and main event. I'm not sure what Ricochet and Black have to do anymore with no obvious feuds beyond the Undisputed Era, and it feels like they've been feuding with them forever. The title match was incredible and might be my favorite NXT TV match ever. The near falls at the end were great, and the match as a whole kept me engaged. I really hope this DIY reunion doesn't last much longer as I'm already over it and just want Johnny and Ciampa to beat the shit out of each other again. (laughs) I guess that's what people want. Yeah, I mean, they Johnny want a resolution to this, like, like the best story that the WWE's told in, in years. So I hope they get it. Yeah, I do want to see that. Uh, we go to Charbel, the sushi master from Victoriaville. <laughs> Charbel keeps tweeting me photos of sushi and uh, stuff he makes. I want, awesome. I want it all. He says, this NXT was really great. That Dream Gargano match was match of the year contender for NXT TV. We keep getting high-caliber matches almost every week. I know I said it last time, but Candice is beautiful. Last time she was in, dressed like a Paramore fan, and now she's definitely listening to My Chemical Romance. Ah, see, she, he, Charbel noticed the, the black lipstick too. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows if you listen to My Chemical Romance, you got to wear black lipstick. However, Charbel has a question for you, Way. On review of SmackDown, you were trying to make sense of the call-ups and if they would follow storylines and story progression with Gargano and Champa, you you always say that a small portion of fans watching the main roster are watching NXT. So do you think WWE can get away with not on finishing feuds, characters, or long-term booking? Like Bray always says, wrestling is like comic books, so NXT is the extended universe of Marvel. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't necessarily. Let me clarify. I don't think it's a small portion, but it's certainly a smaller portion. A hundred percent. I mean, um, I find it really interesting how they're going to juggle, you know, this this run up to takeover with having these guys on 
uh, NXT. They, I, I, I feel like it's a constant kind of like source of conflict probably within them to try to like balance everything. And I think there's a way to do it though, because you know, um, Gargano and Ciampa, uh, man, for for the most part right now, it seems like on Raw they're simply there to have matches, unless you know, not really like kind of conveying much storyline. Yeah, like. So they can just go out there, have hot matches, maybe just like appear quite neutral as characters as they've been over the past week. And, you know, somehow just kind of run up, like fill up that match quality time on their way towards uh, TakeOver. And then after TakeOver, I would expect them to start full time on the main roster and just be exclusively main roster guys. Although maybe one of them will stay. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I feel like. Like so, all these guys are being called up, right? And it's like, okay, uh, DIY. They're they're being called up as a tag team, and then they turn on one of them turns on each other, and it's like, well, you can't be a tag team. Then you're not called up anymore. Go back to NXT. <laughs> That's, That's the storyline. Is that your hope? That's the storyline. Yeah. And then they stay there for another year, and I'm happy. Um, let's go to Kenta Kento DiCaprio. Yeah, <laughs> Kento says, hello, guys, and congratulations to Way to be invited on the big show on the Post Wrestling Network. Well, thank you. The big show. <laughs> big show. The main event was fantastic, and I invite everyone to rewatch it in a, with a different mindset. Training to wrestle here in Japan, more than learning to call spots, we learn to feel the environment and take clues from each other in the ring without saying anything. The one, the way one chooses to return a punch or not, or the facial expression when making eye contact, everything means so much through real communication. The main event is a wonderful example of this. In between planned spots, you don't see any moving lips or ref cues. These two know each other, the crowd, and the goal of the match. The result was a fantastic display, very different from something that could be scripted bell to bell. And in case you found it interesting, these days, indie workers in Japan love watching NXT. It provides a lot of inspiration and new ideas for how to work in front of a crowd of a similar size and attitude. Cool. Ken- yeah, that's so Kento true. Uh, clearly... Clawing through the Japanese Indies since 2012. Wow. Kento DiCaprio. We need to see some of your work. Kento. Yeah. Kento Thank DiCaprio. you for that. Thank you for that insight. Hey, wait, what do you feel about NXT Japan? Is that a thing? Is that going to be a thing? I, I feel like it, it's certainly part of like, you know, one of Triple H's global expansion markets, uh, global localization markets. So I think it'll have a certain level of buzz, and I think you know there's no shortage of amazing Japanese talent that's not in New Japan or exclusive to other promotions that they'll be able to grab off the bat. So Triple H, I, this is <laughs> Triple H goes to to the UK, right? And he goes, hmm, there's all these little indie feds. Because what's the best mm-hmm. one here? What's a good one? What's a good one? Oh, uh, Progress, huh? That's really yeah. nice. That's really special. Yeah. We should we should take that. Yeah, yeah. we. We own you now. Okay, cool. Hey, Japan. Yeah, you guys are great. Noah. Hmm. Hmm. It's what this is what Vince did. Yep. You know, like this is yeah, like in America. Yep. But you know, I I think Japan might be interesting to see because, like, from what I know of Japan, it's that they're very loyal to their own companies. Right. Right. So, um, how much is the Japanese audience going to want to support some something like NXT Japan yeah. versus a, a local promotion of their own like Noah? So, but I also noticed see. that in Japan, like you would you would imagine that a lot of people in Japan like love New Japan, and that's that's what they watch, right? But like a lot of people in Japan, if they are wrestling fans, they're watching WWE. Absolutely. So, yeah. like, same same with the UK, though. Yeah. You know, like 
like these are all markets where like you have a lot of hardcore wrestling fans who don't just watch what's going on exactly. in their own country. They're yeah. they're very much aware of what's going on on a global level. So it'd be interesting to see that. I would love to. They need an NXT Canada. So they need. Do they though? No, they don't. <laughs> who would be in it? Who would be the? <laughs> they'd probably just get Smash or. That's it. That's all they'd get. That's yeah. It. There's not much going on in Canada yet. Yet we get. Or just we buy do. Impact. Uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, where were we? Let's go to Jesse from the six. Hey, y'all, I'm back. I have ended my boycott on the WWE network, though I'll presume I'll cancel my subscription when the next Saudi show comes around. <laughs> I came back for a few reasons. One, I wanted to watch NXT tonight so I'd have feedback to give this momentous up next Bray Ting reunion edition. He's not All wrong. Right. He's not wrong way. He knows. Jesse knows. He says, number two, the WWE Network has a good ad campaign. I saw commercials showing all these fans enjoying the WWE, especially especially this one handsome lad in an Austin 316 <laughs> shirt losing his shit at a live show, and I just felt like I was missing out. Hmm. Who's he talking about? I have oh. no idea, but they need to sign him. They need to sign this guy. Um, yeah. Okay, for those who do not know... Uh, <laughs> The last time Davey Portman was <laughs> in the UK, he went to a, a Raw, I think. Or, or maybe, no, I think this is from the Raw in Texas. And he, like, loses his shit in the crowd. And WWE, What was this for? What was it? Like, what moment did this occur? Uh, like, who was walking when, out? When, when Davey is back, we'll ask him about this. He has told me okay. this multiple times because this is not actually the first. He knew about this from, for a year or two, actually. Really? He, this is an old clip. Oh, so they're just so he knew uh, he knew about this ad. Yeah, they were using him to promote like Texas or something, even though he's not even there. Yeah, he's been used. Davey has this same clip of him in this Austin. So it's David in this Austin 316 shirt losing his shit like, yeah, and they use it as a stock footage to promote things. Right. So if anyone was watching, I believe the Elimination Chamber, they used his clip again. So Mm -hmm. Davey Portman all over. WWE, because if you were, uh, were familiar, me and John were watching when uh, Kyrie Zayn came out in her match where she wins the NXT title. Davy is seen, you know, in her entrance, showing her off to the ring, like giving her the salute, the captain salutes. Davy's all over. Maybe David's not even actually in the UK. He's just somewhere front row, getting ready yeah. for Mania. Uh, yeah, he was that. Uh, He's our Brock Lesnar fan. He is. He hates Brock Lesnar guy. Actually. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. There's actually real. Uh, there's actually real heat between Davey and the Brock Lesnar guy. Uh, I, I don't want to get could, into it, but I whew. could see that. I could see a lot of people not liking that. There was some sort of Brock love Lesnar triangle. Fan. I don't know. I don't want to get into it. Whoa, really? I don't want to get into it. It doesn't involve Kyrie either. But uh, <laughs> so it was Brock like, Lesnar. <laughs> it was affliction shirts. Um, Last thing from Jesse from the Six. He says, Gargano versus Dream did not disappoint. What an ending sequence. Do you know if this was the finish they taped first? Yes. Yeah, so, as Wei said, that was the one. He says he's got a question for you, Wei. This is the... Actually, Wei, this is the question I, I think we all need to know. Wei. <laughs> Wei. Have you ever shown your girlfriend Gargano versus Almas? No, I have not. Get the uh, fuck off my show. Get the fuck out of here. No. What well, is listen, wrong with man. you? Listen, we were dating before this thing was even a thing. And trust me, if 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 like 
I had just met her now, I would certainly invite her back to my place. Uh, Way, Gargano you, versus Almas and Chill. Way, if you ever show up on this show again, which I hope you do, you better the answer to that question better have changed. Yeah, <laughs> we watch divas, man. That's our thing. That's true. Okay, all right, you're forgiven, but give it a shot. Gargano versus Almas and Chill. Absolutely. Uh, he also has a question for me. How do you feel? Watching your favorite NXT characters on the main roster. Is it like watching lame American remakes of foreign films like Ringu versus The Ring? Yeah, it's like watching. <laughs> <laughs> it's like watching. Uh, they tried. I, I love this show called The IT Crowd. It's a British yeah. show. And they tried to remake it for America. And there's a pilot episode that you can find with Joel McHale. And it's fucking awful. But that has nothing to do with this. Uh, it's really weird watching these guys show up, actually. It, it was weird watching it uh, because it's like these characters I've been watching, I've been so invested in, and then they're just like plucked and put like – it's like Smash Brothers. There's that hand that's in charge of all these characters. Yeah, and sure. then, then the hand picks up you know, Pikachu, and then the hand picks up Link and Mario, and then all of a sudden they're just there. And it's like, well... It's exactly like that, yes. And I'm like, I'm like, cool, but like... Uh. Actually, for me, it's a lot more like, you know, like having various writers write the same superhero in a comic book. It's like... like sometimes you'll, you'll be reading Daredevil, and then, or like you'll be reading Captain America or Punisher. Sure. And then you'll see like a big crossover book, like a, whatever, Infinity War. And that version of Daredevil or Captain America is just slightly off. They're, they look the same, yeah. You know, but but they're they all kind of have like slightly different characteristics. Something's different, you, yeah. You you have a different writer in charge with the same character. Hmm. That's that's a good. It's that's exactly it because I don't know. It's just like it's cool. It's great, but just something is something's different. Maybe the, mm-hmm. maybe the, maybe it's not the writer. Maybe the drawing. You know, the drawer in the comic was a little off. That yeah. always bugged me. I fell off hard on Ultimate X Men. Because halfway through the the the, the drawers, the they're the like artists. we're out. Yeah, the artists. They're like, yeah, we're out. So I'm like, well, this is not the same comic book I was reading. So I'm out. Um, yeah. He also has one final question. I'm sorry, Jesse from the six has the most important question of all time. When is that new Bray Ting EP dropping? Listen, um, when Braden Harrington will. Um, Finally releases his big album after he's done producing beats for Jay Z, Drake, right? Whoever, uh, I might consider a, a brief comeback for an wow. EP. Wow! All right, you heard it here first. You'll eat those words. Okay, I look forward to it. <laughs> Jesse says, "See you all in New York and take care." Ooh, that means Jesse is going to be there for WrestleMania. Awesome. Maybe he'll uh, have a drink with us at McMahon's before takeover in New York. Anyone listening, that's where we'll be. Uh, your next way. All right, we got a Johnny who says, okay, so you have $50 to bet on who is going to have the most high-profile career on the main roster. Who do you pick? Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano, Alistair Black, Ricochet, Velveteen Dream, or Adam Cole? Ricochet. Ricochet. Hmm. I'm telling you right now, anyone who watched Monday Night Raw and has never seen any of these characters, he was the one they were talking about. I agree. My pick will be Velveteen Dream, though. Just, I think he is, because he's a homegrown guy. Sure. I he, think they will. He wasn't called up this week, though. So why is he in this list? 
Because he was in the, uh, the, 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 the six, the main six there. Yeah, and I, th- I think he means eventually. And I'm yeah. glad he's not called up because I think he would, first of all, get lost in the mix. I also think another year in NXT would do wonders for this guy before just throwing him out there. So, uh, but, you know, because he is like that homegrown guy, much like they, they see with, with Charlotte and Sasha, I think he will get that homegrown mm-hmm. p- push. I want to see. I, t- I said it. Velveteen Dream will be WWE champion. And you see that John Cena match one day. Yeah. He also asked if he also asked you, Braden, if John and I are going to embarrass ourselves when they do our live show at the Broadway Comedy Club. That's not very nice. Yeah. Uh, well, Johnny. I don't know. Will you embarrass yourself? I don't. The think answer you is, will. of course, yes. No, I always think John and Way are professional. John John and Way are safe workers. They know what they're doing. <laughs> protect the biz. Protect the biz. Yeah, protect, uh, your, protect your neck. Protect your neck. Uh, we go to. Davy Portman, the face of Fastlane himself. Yeah. Wow. He says, Braden, I leave you alone for one week, and look what happens. Four of the best talent get poached. The North American Championship <laughs> is lost. You really need to hold down the fort better. He says this was a cracking episode. The opening was solid. It says they're looking definitely for a losing streak storyline with Undisputed Era. He says that Red Dragon should win the Dusty Classic and Roddy should challenge for the North American title against Dream at TakeOver. He says, I thought it was a clever way to show the altercation between the Horsewomen and the rest of the roster. He says, the main event was a TakeOver-worthy match. And will we get to see those deleted scenes that were actually filmed? Will we? Probably not. He says he's yeah. a little concerned with the call-ups, and he hopes that DIY get to finish the story without being rushed. He says, thanks for filling in, Way. Great job, Scrump, last week. And now he's off to Oxford Street for a coffee. Ahoy. Davey will also be at the Progress taping uh, at the Electric Ballroom, uh, I believe, today or tomorrow, depending on the time change. So... Uh, we'll get some notes when he's back from that as well. Walter is in uh, the main event there. Wow! But very Davey, exciting. Davey, con- still still on the job. See, he's see, he he works hard. He's so hardworking. Both you and and, and Davey, <laughs> we're, we're 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 John and I are so happy to to have you guys on the Post Wrestling Network. Ah, shucks. All right, we got a David who says, or uh, from Manila, the Philippines, who says, "Hello, Sir Brady and Sir Way. How are you guys right now?" Good, thank you. Thank the first match was was brutal and sadistic, especially when Daddy Roddy performs a torture rack backbreaker to Black's neck on the ring apron so hard it made me totally speechless. Dang! I hope he's fine, but nevertheless, it is great. I have nothing else to say about the second match, women's. Uh, is it me or is JB giving an interview? Yes, it's JB. Uh, <laughs> okay, he, he gives this episode a score of 8.5 out of 10. And questions, do you compare Alistair Black to The Undertaker? Yes. How do you compare Alistair Black to The Undertaker? Yeah, yeah, actually I do. How um, though? Um, because I, I compare the underta- uh, him to The Undertaker in a way you probably wouldn't think. Um, I look at any friend of mine since I was a little kid who isn't a wrestling fan but is like a, a metal head or a punk rocker or like goth or like into that kind of stuff, right? And yeah. 10 out of 10 times – Anyone I met who isn't a wrestling fan knew and loved The Undertaker. Mm-hmm. I could show people Undertaker matches and they'd be like, yeah, I love this guy. Simply from like his entrance. They'd watch that because of the way he looks, the way he is. He's like this dark gothic. He's the dead man, you know, like all that stuff. And I feel like Aleister Black is going to fill that that void. Like 
a, that is Boy. a that is a character that is a gimmick like the the tattoos and the the candles and the darkness and all that stuff and now that undertaker's kind of gone and he's busy doing starcast or isn't busy doing starcast um we need someone to fill that and bray wyatt i thought was not really filling that void and i'm not a huge fan of bray wyatt and i feel like alistair black fits that category like i know it sounds silly but like he's not the dead man he's just filling that like I don't know, spooky goth kind of thing. It needs to be. Familiar. Yeah, he's leading the dark. Leading the dark realm. He's leading yeah. the. He's leading the the black masses. I don't know. I totally agree with you. I just hope that Vince McMahon and the WWE see him that way and protect them as much as as they protected that Undertaker character throughout the years. I heard him cut that brief promo earlier mm-hmm. on SmackDown, where like he's just like that same thing, uh, or to to Elias even he's like. You will today. You will. Black. You will fade to black, and I'm like, eh, yeah. I don't know. He, he, I don't know if I need that. Yeah, he needs to talk less. He needs to talk less. No, he needs a Paul Bearer type. Like, I want him to exactly just be the demon. Yeah, like, not, just be not the guy the who kicks demon. people out. Yeah, yeah. Comes out occasionally. Huge grand entrance. Comes in, and then instead, of, like, I mean, the Undertaker was the Undertaker. The like all that. Sure. All the all the bells and whistles were great. But now imagine if the Undertaker could wrestle like Aleister Black. Exactly, go insane. Yeah, so. I feel like they have they have to protect that, and it could work. I really imagine Aleister Black coming out at WrestleMania. You know, like everyone, it's black and there's candles and the darkness and all that. Like it's the same. Like it, it goes for that audience, and it, mm-hmm. it'll work definitely. And he's a great wrestler. Your turn. Um, hey guys, it's my first feedback in a while. I don't usually watch live, but I had to. Had to this week uh, from Wrestling Graham. He says, I don't like changing my wrestling, so I'm almost always apprehensive to any NXT call-ups. He says that I like the way uh, DIY came, acro- came across on SmackDown, but he's, he's biased towards the, the call-ups, I think is what he's basically saying. He's never really been impressed with Mia Yim since I first saw her as a part of the dollhouse, but hopefully her off-screen chemistry with her roommate Shayna Baszler can translate in the ring. Hey, that's true. They oh, are roommates. Right. I forgot about that. Also, yeah. how cool was it seeing Jeremy Borash on WWE? Yeah, I was. Pretty cool. Uh, we go to Patrick finally from Toronto. First time, long time. Oh, whoa, whoa. you know what you have to do for that way. Uh, remind me. First time, long time. All right, go. No, I'm not doing it. <laughs> Fantastic episode this week of NXT with great matches. I'm, and I'm very impressed in the, in the developments to come in the next few weeks, especially with Gargano Ciampa. Solid match to open the show with Black and Roddy. Still loves the back, backbreakers. Uh, was that a smirk I saw on Ciampa's face when they cut him right after the match? I'm assuming their alliance will now dissolve and this will lead to Gargano going after Ciampa's title for the next takeover. I can imagine a dark, gold-obsessed Gargano caring more for glory than revenge when he comes for Ciampa. Interesting times to come. I'm not sure how I feel about the NXT call-up set. It is weird seeing these guys on the main rosters already doing WWE-style worded scripting and matches. Fingers crossed. Keep up the great work. Been a fan for a while now and wish nothing but success with the whole post-wrestling family. Oh, thank you. Thank you. First time, long time, Patrick Galo. Um, that's it. That's a lot of feedback. Holy cow. This is a long, this is a long NXT show. If, yeah, NXT, if anything, if, I, maybe, maybe like the call-ups brought a lot of interest to, to this week's edition of NXT. I think, I think so. I think so. Um, because people want to know if these guys are still going to be on the show or we're going to be plucked and we're going to be bare-boned NXT. I don't know. But I think NXT will be fine, in my opinion. At least until TakeOver. And then after that, uh, 
It'll, it'll still be great. Like, look at look at everybody that's there. Yeah, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. We'll be fine, I think. Um, <laughs> yes, that's it. That's all. Uh, postwrestling.com. Postwrestling on Twitter and Instagram. Um, is there anything else you need to say, Way? Thank you for jumping in here while Davey is away. Um, yeah, nothing at all. Um, you know, continue subscribe to post uh, to post wrestling. I mean, if you're listening to this, you probably are yes. already. We have an ask away that's out. Cafe hangouts out tomorrow, and then uh, listen to up next. Up next every Thursday and next week, next Thursday, Davey is flying in on Thursday, but he's just gonna not make it. So I'm gonna be joined by the other half of your tag team on the main roster, John Pollock will be on up next next week and uh i'll talk to him about lego as well <laughs> talk to him about haichu please i'll talk to him about haichu and i'll talk to him about his dental records yeah <laughs> um so thank you uh you can follow me and interact with me of any time you wish i always respond love the messages at the bray d on twitter and instagram um and thank you and uh we'll be back next week so uh thank you way we the law uh, right ahoy ahoy copy you know what he says yeah that's what he says <laughs> thank you goodbye be safe getting high smoking jays every day yes dropping hot shit like we on the john yes cracking motherfuckers in the mouth yes Wayne way, motherfucker, we the law. Getting high, smoking J's every day. Dropping hot shit like we on the John. Cracking motherfuckers in the mouth. Yes. Great way, motherfucker, we the law. I'm the warrior. In the sky dome yes. Take you under then I'll hit you with the tombstone uh-huh. Torture racks on racks on racks I'm the whole package yeah. Cut you with my bone saw Cause I'm a savage Mess with waiting You know better than that uh-huh. Step to us will kill you Lyrical combat Follow the buzzards And rage on the machine Y'all haters just stupid Like Eugene I got a lot of mojo You know I stay hyped I'm crazy enough to feed a gremlin after midnight I got a loud bark, but I don't bite. Lay the smackdown on your girl, but we doing it like it was Monday night. Raw, I'm from the law. I'll turn those vintage losers on the mic into cold slaw. Brain way or the main event. Couldn't you tell? We're future Hall of Famers while you still play in the XFL. Getting high, smoking J's every day. Yes. Dropping hot shit like we on the John. Cracking motherfuckers in the mouth. Yes. Wayne way, motherfucker, we the law. Getting high, smoking J's every day. Dropping hot shit like we on the John. Cracking motherfuckers in the mouth. Great way, motherfucker, we the law. Bitch, we drop you like a collar on the law. Busy making dollars while we review a raw. So who be popping motherfuckers in the jaw? It's Brain way, motherfucker, we the law. Think you guys know? You have no idea. You think we just like to review wrestling? Nah, homie. We also kill people. No, we don't kill people. We kill beats. We kill oh, beats. yeah. We kill beats. We don't kill people. That okay, be, let's do it again. Do it, do it again. Right here in your neighborhood. Here's a little tale about hard-to-recycle plastics. Their destinies were changed. Their new lives are fantastic. What once was trash can live on as new things with a program that complements your regular recycling. Because plastics can be so much more.
trash the second chance it was hoping to recycle plastics can be so much more. Participate in the Hefty Energy Bag program happening in your neighborhood today. You're a holiday powerhouse. You host the dinners, shovel neighbors, sidewalks, and make everything from scratch. You definitely don't need help making the holidays happen. But Dunkin's Holiday Blend Coffee? A warming medium roast complete with sweet notes of dried fruit and molasses. Or a cranberry orange muffin made with real cranberries just might convince you a little help never hurt, especially the hot caffeinated kind. America runs on Dunkin'. Present participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply.